Hello, dear listeners. We have arrived at Chapter 15. A small part of Seju Island is hard-edged. Hard-edged concrete. Hard-edged city. Hard-edged straight-edged hotel facades. Postcards from Seju, though. A trilogy. Part 2. Somewhere from this hard-edged line of concrete, a concrete finger about a kilometer long reaches out far into the sea, to a point of perspective. It invites us for a walk. We accept. The summer evening feels like warm, moist velvet. The pier appears like a line of concrete poetry written into the sea. We should be able to read it, read the poetic stories, the stories of the solitary fisherman, quietly, the story of the happy family out on an evening stroll, children's laughter, the story of young couples closely whispering, the story of numerous groups of people sitting on newspaper, eating and chatting, sipping soju, the story of an Australian visitor in a magic place of myth, strolling along this line of poetry through a soft summer evening, away, away. At the end of this pier, which like a concrete sentence features a lighthouse for, for a full stop, we pause. Turning around, we face the island from the sea, adorned by a string of calligraphic jewellery written upon the water in reflected light. Light reflected from the mainland's numerous brightly lit seaside cafes, which guides us back to the source. The source, a simple table at the edge of the sea. An invitation. The table is set with glasses of cool water. <coughs> An ice-cold wet personal towels, a gesture of welcome in every Korean restaurant, a refreshing start to every Korean meal. Soon though the table is laden with the island specialty, raw fish. This food is fresh, so fresh it is still living when we ordered it. Some of the dishes we ordered from the menu. A dish of so sliced soft white raw fish on a bed of crispy grated white radish, garnished with a little thinly grated carrot. Another dish, live, finger-long great pieces of small octopus tentacles together on a dish with fresh green summer onion garnish. The dish is definitely fresh. In fact, it still lives. It lives with a vengeance. It does not want to die. It wriggles furiously on the plate and it takes all my chopstick skills to pry its suckers loose from the porcelain. Next, some of the pieces caught hold of my teeth. Hard to chew something which moves around in your mouth. Hard to always say yes to challenging and creative situations. In the meantime, in the center of the table, a small stove, a pot of fish soup, is slowly simmering. It arrives cold, a, a broth with generous chunks of fish, on top of which a pile of greens, garlic and onion. The stove is lit. And while we eat raw and fresh fish, these broth simmers to a delicious treat. All around the, the table, every bit of available space is taken up with small side dishes, on which a variety of delicious shellfish, some marinated, some just raw, greens and salads are presented. One dish had sliced garlic stalks, preserved in salt and soy sauce, while another had marinated cloves of garlic. The available space left on this table were taken up with small glasses of rice wine, 
a feast of the most generous proportions. The service is fast by young waiters and waitresses. Just put up your hand and voila, what you point at, ask for, not for, is there. It's offered with lots of bowing and great respect. I seem to spend a great amount of time talking about food, but then that is what living in Korea is largely about, eating and eating well, eating with taste and relish, with enjoyment, even if it's squirming octopus, probably even more so. On the second day, I wake to the glorious sound of rain, a steady, quiet rain. Some is more invigorating than the freeway of the sound which daily awake me in soul. In this traditional house, I sleep on a thin futon, plus a hard pillow filled with rice straw, straight on the floor. Everything in a Korean house is on the floor. The house is completely devoid of furniture, empty rooms, bedding kept in cupboards. The house is built on basalt blocks outside and clad with wood inside. The parquet floors are polished. Shoes are never taken into the house, but left in the hallway. What about winter, you may ask? During the winter, the floors of the Korean houses are heated. It makes it so special to sleep on, sit on, do everything on. Koreans live close to the ground, feel easy on ground level, and seem totally comfortable. It has taken me some time and aching legs to get used to it, but I definitely see the advantage. So much more space without all this furniture. Time to redesign and rethink my own house. The living spaces are separated by wooden sliding doors, which have double frosted glass windows with intricate wood designs set in between them. A curious feature here is that every window, including the ones facing outside, have frosted glass. The walls are decorated with exquisite scrolls of Korean and Chinese calligraphy. Additionally, here and there, many rocks are on display. For breakfast, a thin bamboo mat, mat is rolled out onto the floor. On it, individual thin straw mats for sitting on. A small dark polished wooden table is brought out. In the center of a beautiful ceramic plate decorated with a dark blue design. On the plate are two dark brown baked glazed fish sp sprinkled with just a touch of green. I'm continuously amazed by the aesthetic considerations of even a simple meal, such as this breakfast. A bowl of steaming sticky rice, another bowl of tasty soup, plus a few side dishes to create a wonderful and healthy start to the day. Not far from the commercial aspect of the city proper lies the soft heart of the island. Soft green heart, beating ancient moist tropical rhythms. Time to visit, time to step out, time to get into the wet and wonderful. Thank mm -hmm. you.